0: Hey everybody, Lucas here, and welcome to this week's episode of the ASOG Podcast. In this episode, we sit down with Scott Palava of Lonsdale Auto Works in Lonsdale, Minnesota. We discuss consistency in the digital vehicle evaluation process, evaluation processes as a whole, and how technicians, well, they're often treated as nothing more than a grease monkey. But before we get started, it is very important that I mention to you David has been extremely down and out lately. He just doesn't feel that anyone's listening to his intro. You see, they're not setting the podcast to automatically download. They're not leaving reviews for the podcast. And worst of all, they're not subscribing to the ASOG podcast YouTube channel. I told him I'd save him the heartache of doing the intro this week. But gosh, it sure would help if you would maybe consider doing one of these things just to make David feel a little bit better. Now here we go. yeah i would listen i if i get 250 more text messages any day this week like a solid 250 messages in one day if that happens any more this week or next week i don't think i can take it i really don't i don't think i can I'm take gonna... it I, but i do want to point something out okay i put these polls together right and i put polls all over the internet uh, about dvis because I've been asked to teach a class about DVIs at the Ratchet and wrench Management Conference. Okay. Oh, hold on.
1: DVIs?
0: Yeah. What yeah. are
1: you teaching about DVIs?
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking that I'm going to use yours as an, as an example of what not to do.
1: <laughs> hey, everybody. I, I'm glad you guys came to this class about DVIs. Uh, step one, do them. No, right. I appreciate you guys being here. Go have a good time. Step two: Don't do them as he does. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, well, no, so, anything is better than nothing. Yeah, like, true. Well,
0: well, hold up here, right? Like, so what's interesting about it is I do these polls, right, and and the polls get drastically different answers from the technician side of things to the advisor side of things, like substantially different answers. And and it's pretty clear that the advisors have one perspective or the owners and advisors have one perspective and that the technicians have a completely different perspective. So, for instance, like the Wi-Fi question, right? If you look at the Wi-Fi question in ASOG, it got very low votes, like four votes. But in the technician groups, it got something like Thirty-five or thirty-six votes, and then like consistency, no standards. I was pretty surprised by the fact that technicians state that they have no consistency and no standards. And interestingly enough, a lot of shops do DVIs, but not many of them are using map standards for their DVIs. Do you? Do either one of you use map standards?
1: I just learned about it a week ago, so no. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm familiar with them. I uh, we're we're very similar. Uh, I don't know that it's Right to the the letter of the map standards, but
1: see that's a politician's answer right there. That's well, how you know he's in politics. Well, because I, I you create, could have just said no, not at all. Well, no, because I don't <laughs> care about whatever the hell that is. I do what I want.
2: <laughs> well, we we did what we did uh, early on, and as time has gone on, the technicians and the service advisor they they started going back and forth about things that they wanted to tweak and whatnot. So they they created uh, what works best for them, and everybody's cool doing it now because it's a they had input on it. so it's not uh, might not be perfect according to another committee's uh, guide guidance, but it works good for us and our our well, shop. So here's the thing um, is,
0: is, is look the, the main point being in all of this is um, for instance, they, they've got a list. Of everything that could possibly be, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you wanted to know, if you wanted to check something like a caliper shim, it says shim standard uh, OE missing requires replacement to code C, shim bent to code A, uh, a shim out of position B uh, require removal or replacement, shim worn uh, require removal or replacement. And so like they then they've got different standards. So an A is a part no longer performs intended purpose. A B, part does not meet a design specification regardless of performance. A C, the part is missing. And then it's got suggested or optional. One, part is close to the end of its useful life. A two, to address a customer need, convenience, or request. Three, to comply with maintenance recommended by the OE. Uh, Four, technicians' recommendations based on substantial and informed experience or five to comply with maintenance recommended by AMRA or map. And so like, I mean, dude, there's everything you could ever imagine in here. Like if, if you wanted to see about a bleeder screw, like they have an answer for a bleeder screw, anything you'd ever want to know about it. Right. And I just wonder how many places actually follow this because this stuff's free and available everywhere. I mean, there's a lot of information here, though.
2: But it, it, it's almost overkill for the 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 general day to day.
1: I no, I think, because you would just grab the one thing that you need it for, and then and okay,
2: then I, I guess would,
1: that would be yeah. your fallback. As yeah. we follow map standards, yeah,
2: I guess what 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 I thought you meant on the DVI was like uh, when we we're doing certain aspects of it, we're we're not following. That whole aspect, but it, like you know, measurements and consistency and terminologies uh, right. as opposed to the, the grading necessarily.
0: Exactly. Well, I mean, I guess that's what I was coming at it with Was was the grading alone, right, would go a long way. And then if you could get them to look at the list that says, hey, you know. I-
1: Lucas and I have been telling you about parts tech for a while now
0: Click the link in the show notes to get started. I mean, they've got gravitational switches in here. What's a gravitational switch? I probably don't even want to know. Gravitational
1: switch. Yeah. Like a trunk trunk switch or like old school trunk switch. Hmm. I mean,
0: hydro boosters. I mean, they've they've got everything Mm -hmm. you can imagine in here. It's pretty interesting. Uh, If you've never looked at it, you should definitely go take a look. Um, I don't know. So. I I just find it interesting that from text to advisors and to
1: owners, there's
0: completely different
1: responses. Well, I um, mean if there are different challenges depending on when you are, where you are in the shop. I guarantee you, ask my staff, hey, what's the problem with DVIs, and they're all going to say Wi-Fi connection issues, like all of them. And it's right. because the Wi-Fi drops out, or everybody's on at the same time, too much traffic, and I haven't fixed the the Wi-Fi in my shop, so. I can understand it from their standpoint.
0: I think the biggest problem is their boss is an asshole.
1: Possibly. Possibly. There is that, some of that. It's
2: my way of the highway kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, no, I mean, but that's fine though. i like, you have standards in the shop. I don't think that's the, the, I don't think that's the norm. So there are what? 5,800 shops in ASOG. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how many shops in the country? Well over a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I guarantee you that it only a small percentage actually do DVI and and Scott, you didn't hear the story, but uh, a technician of mine was, had a, his girlfriend and a friend of hers uh, of hers was going out of town to burning man and Mm -hmm. she was going to drive her Explorer and pull a trailer. And so she says, Hey, just have my, what in the hell are you doing? That's a motorcycle what? driving up the hill. Seriously? Yeah. You should I'm put right spikes up, out there. You should <laughs> talk to somebody in the local government and tell them, put some spikes out front so people aren't racing down the road at 90 miles yeah, well, an hour.
2: It, we're at right at the base of a hill, and it goes, to, it goes to 60 miles an hour right when you pass our street, but you're going up a hill. So everybody opens up to get up to 60 because it goes from 45 to 60 right there.
1: Yeah. So he's going to, they're going to travel to to Burning Man, pull a trailer in this Ford Explorer, which is already sketchy enough, right? Mm -hmm. The Ford Explorer. And so she says, Hey, have my, my boyfriend look at it. And so he's like, yeah, absolutely. He pulls it in. He looks the whole vehicle over. It's got a leaking radiator. uh, It's got wheel bearings that are, that are grinding. Right. Uh, Sway bar links are messed up. Something else. I can't remember. Anyway, so he gives her this list of stuff that the vehicle needs. It, it probably represented three grand in work. Okay. She looks at it and she's like, uh, I'm going to get a second opinion. Now he's got, they didn't run it through the shop. This was just him on his free time looking at this vehicle like he does our vehicles at our shop all day long. Right. Just normal inspection. And she takes it to a completely different shop up the street. No DVI shop is slammed all the time, probably because they don't charge enough, but whatever. And they look at it and they're like, oh no, it doesn't have any of those problems. And it just needs sway bar links. Or I think he didn't identify the sway bar links. They said it needed sway bar links, whatever. He missed one thing out of a dozen. I, I don't know that he even looked yeah. at the sway bar links or yeah, he was yeah. even that concerned about the sway bar links because at that point they're hey, radiator... And who's clicking? I swear to God, I'm going to lose it today. I don't know. It yeah, sounds I, like I, Scott. Scott. Scott's, Scott's the one clicking Scott, I Scott's, can Scott's see watching him. porn during well, in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> you know what? I,
2: I'm, just, I'm just sitting here, but I think, I think it's because my, my chair... It, it it makes noise. It I'm, sounds I'm, like a mouse. I, I'm anyway. sorry.
1: I, I, I don't listen, even want to move. It. I it's because you're
0: so boring.
1: <laughs> I, it's, yeah, I need undivided attention when I speak. Okay, I demand it. Anyway. <laughs> I'm standing in the middle
2: of my office right now, not touching anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, so. He, they, he takes it to the shop and they're like, there's nothing wrong with this vehicle other than the sway bar links. Yeah, I mean, could you replace the wheel bearings, but it'll be fine. Not, hey, you're about to pull this trailer across the country through the mountains into the desert. You should probably, I don't know, look at these components and make sure that they're 100% because you don't want to break down 400 miles away from the nearest service station. They didn't apply that that logic to it, to, to their or to their approach, right? So now she's confused. Because mechanic A said one thing, mechanic B said something else. So she takes it to a third shop. The third shop, shop down the street from me, um, middling reputation. It's been there forever, right? They look at it and they're like, no, it needs breaks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like something completely Again, different. Yeah. <laughs> no
1: DVI. No DVI. Yeah. And he, he loses his mind. He's like, I don't understand. How this is, this is pure incompetence on their part because he's, he's confident in his abilities to determine that a radiator is leaking. Right. And that the wheel bearings need to be replaced. He's confident in his abilities to to determine those things. And he doesn't understand why they couldn't identify the same thing. And I said, they have no inspection process. We do. They don't have a DVI. We do. They don't have any standards. They're a, hey, what's broken on your car today? Oh, the radiator's leaking. Okay, we're going to replace the radiator. Here's the, here's the fixed radiator. Thank you. Goodbye. And that's it. That's how they approach their vehicles. Ooh. Now, the third shop, I don't know what's up with them, other than I know they've gone through a carousel of technicians. So he's like, is the industry really like this? And I said, uh, Yes. Well, here's
0: my take on this, right? Because I see a completely different perspective than you two see, because I'm in a very, very touristy town and I see a lot of college kid vehicles, right? And these are vehicles that, that I may not have seen. Like, for instance, college just started. So I'm seeing cars that I haven't seen in the past, right? And so we will do a DVI or a car will come in and they will break down on vacation with their family, Right. And, and you would not believe the number of times that a conversation has had that, hey, it was just on, in the shop. I, I just took it in, had the oil change. They were supposed to check it over, and they said everything was good. Okay, well, what's the chance they didn't see that? You know, it, they see it in the future. And, and you know, maybe a, a better example of that is that we had one just a few weeks ago, and it came in and it had plastic tea somebody had put in the uh, coolant hoses on the heater hoses, Right blows apart, overheats coming up the mountain, get it in. And we, we alert her to the fact that, Hey, this is what's wrong with your cooling system. But by the way, when we jack your vehicle up, the ball joint comes out of the socket. Like I can move the wheel out. (laughs) And she's like, no, 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 no. I just had it at my mechanic and I really trust him and he's really good. And he said, I don't need to worry about that. And I'm like, hang on just a minute. I just want you to see this like, I'm going to jack it up, and you can see, like, it, you see how it pops out? Like, you're going to hit a bump. That's going to come out. You're going to get towed. She's like, yeah, but but I've trusted this guy for a long time. He just checked it over, and he said there was no problem when I left. I just don't see any way that's a problem. And I'm like, you're looking at this with me. You can clearly see this isn't safe. She's like, yeah, yeah, but, but, you know, I really trust this guy. And so, I mean, that's frustrating for me. Because I can show it to them, and and I think consumers really want to hear what they want to hear. How I many How many times have you guys had somebody come into your shop that said, "Hey, Bob down the street said this," and I just don't know if I trust him. And when you say what Bob said, they're like, "Huh? Well, I don't like you either." Mm-hmm. And they go to another shop, right?
1: Yeah, that. But we have, we've had the same the opposite We were just talking about the opposite happening, where yeah. we tell them something, we have a relationship with them. They take it somewhere else. They have no relationship with that second shop. Second shop contradicts what we're telling them, and they believe them over us. Mm-hmm. Well, this other shop said X, Y, Z. It's like, yeah, but I'm sh- I've am i got pictures. They don't. I mean, at the end of
0: the day, there's no consistency. That's the problem.
1: Yes. There are we- different motivations, though. Like, they may just be trying to get the sale. That, that third shop that this girl took her Explorer to that said in the, the vehicle needed brakes, they might just need brakes (laughs) or they might be looking to sell a lot of brakes. And then that's it because that's what the guy knows how to do. He only wants to do brakes. He's like, I'm not doing wheel bearings on the back of a 2008 Ford Explorer. That's a nightmare. I'll do brakes. So it needs brakes. Uh, that's a, uh, Chris Collins thing. You ever heard him talk about it in the service drive revolution thing that he does? Uh, I don't the watch podcast it, so. or what?
0: I don't ever listen to this
1: thing. Part of his process is to have one uh, technician do an inspection uh, on the vehicle, and then he'll have a completely different technician come and do the same inspection on the same vehicle. And he notes that they find different things. And so... We need to make sure that we keep consistency in what right. we're noting because that one guy loves doing ball joints, so every ball joint needs to be replaced. Yeah. And the and the second guy loves doing brakes, so every car needs brakes. And so, I mean, how do you combat that?
0: I mean, and, could, and, and that's just it. It's like, you know, you will even see trends right? Like I can watch the trends in auto text me. I'm I'm sure, you know, there's a reporting feature in auto text me. Um, and I will watch the trends of when something's getting recommended and and you can see it come in waves. Um, and, and once a technician has seen something, right, a particular issue with a vehicle, it seems like they catch that issue on vehicles and they miss other issues. Right. Um, and so, I, I mean, I think that there's, I think there's definitely a consistency and a standards issue for sure. Uh, Scott Laster says, Meh, I have too much work to nitpick every damn vehicle that comes in here. And my customers trust me 100%. I don't need to video that shit.
1: I mean, he, he he's in a very specific area. I mean, we're in a metro area. You're in a resort town. I'm sorry, like I have to show pictures to the to my customers, not all of them, but I would say 70% of my customers appreciate that we take pictures of things. And if there's ever a dispute, if there's ever, and that's what you do it for, right? Because there'll be a thousand interactions with no problems. And then you'll have one, one where they go, that dent wasn't there when I brought you the vehicle or, Hey, my, I just took it to my mechanic and my mechanic said so that water pump wasn't leaking. It's like, I've got a video of it dripping. I understand that you just took it to your mechanic and they said, it's fine, but I've got a video of it dripping. It's just that one incident and you do this with consistency. Uh, You know, if we didn't have this process, if we didn't have that DVI, I don't know. I think that those issues would come up way more. But the fact that every single one of our customers sees that we have this process that we take the vehicle through, I think it just cuts it off at the knees. They're not gonna go. Hey, uh, that dent. Uh, no, 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 dear. No, it provides right. a level it, it's of protection. Yeah, it's the
0: ever since you, it's the ever since protection case, right? And it's just like I've got a guy who's saying. He said we run a four forty ARO on our tickets currently. We check things over, but we don't go actively looking for issues, as I feel some shops do when they utilize DVIs. Again, average of two to four a week from a uh, chain and dealership with two to three thousand dollars on them easily. After we check things, it may need eight hundred dollars worth of work. To me, there's a difference in letting a customer know what condition their car is in and giving them a list of things they need to fix. It's how you present it to the customer. And so, you know, maybe that's part of the problem. Is we I have don't hope, people? I'm
1: confused by what's their point. They don't. They don't want to look for things, or
0: right? I mean that that's what I took from what he said. Right? Because his original comment was, is he said. Uh, if you're not scheduled out weeks and can barely get work done, then maybe a DVI, great. Um, and he says, you know, so as I go through it, he's he's constantly saying that, you know, he doesn't want to check the car over. Right. And he doesn't think that it's a good idea. He said, so most customers are worn out from getting these huge work lists, I, you know, and I can see that to a degree. Right, I can see No, that's
1: absolute BS. That's absolute BS. These are flipping machines that wear down just sitting. They don't do anything, they're just sitting and they're wearing down just from time passing. It's absurd to think that every vehicle that's gonna come in is gonna be fine. It'll don't worry about it, just don't look. No, they all need fluids, they all need tires, they all need suspension, steering gaskets leak they all need work all of them every
0: single last one of them i don't disagree right i'm not disagreeing with that i'm saying that the consumer is getting tired of going to one shop and they say one thing going to another shop and they say another thing and and you know you you don't shop hop i i agree but but if like in my situation right they're out of town they have to go somewhere so they come here and that's when we give them all of the information they look at you know, the, the ride up and they say, gosh, I just didn't know there was that much going on in my car. I don't know if I can trust this shop. Right. That's really weird because I was just in the shop at home and they didn't say anything. Right. Two months down the road, they have a failure and they're like, gosh, you know, I've even had people cuss me and then call back and apologize later and say, you know what? You were right. Some things broke on my car that you told me were going on and my shop said they weren't a problem at all. So, you, you know, I, I think that yeah, I personally feel it's a disservice to not tell them about the issue. I
1: think the customer assumes you're looking 100% right? of the time.
2: But I think they think you're
1: looking just to find stuff.
2: No, to, no, 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 no. There, there, there no. is that thought. I mean, there's been there's been those people that have said, I'm just here for an oil change. Don't tell me there's anything wrong. Um, or they, you know, uh, I, you're know, you just trying to find extra things there to that, sell that's me.
1: That's so rare at my, my shop. Uh, no, it's, it's, so it's rare
2: at ours too, but there is that mindset.
1: I understand, uh, but like if somebody comes in and tells me that, I go, listen, we inspect every car that comes mm-hmm. in, we take pictures of everything, we'll quote everything out, you don't have to buy a thing. You just hit the decline button, and then that's it.
2: Yeah, but that, that's part of what your business has become. There's a lot of places that aren't like that, they just want to keep the people happy, and how do you keep them happy? By don't, make them, don't make them upset about spending money. There's how- a...
1: You're exactly making really right. them happy, though. Yeah. You're, you're leaving you, them You are. You no,
2: no, are I agree. right now. I agree.
0: You are right now. You're making them happy for a season, mm-hmm. right? But it, it it's not. And and the sad thing is, is that they may be happy forever like that, but not realize that they spent five thousand more dollars maintaining that same yeah. car than they would have had to have spent. Yeah, it's a you case know? of ignorance
2: is bliss. They if they don't know what's happening,
0: they. I, they I had a client come happy. in. Uh, today, and he said, hey, he said, um, you know, I had my truck at another shop a while back, and they said it needed front brakes and calipers and pads and rotors and the whole nine yards. And he said, man, he said, you know, I went to pick that thing up, and he said, they told me the total was $3,800 and they'd given me a price of $1,800. And he said, well, you know, uh, that's not what you said. And they said, well, sorry. And he said, well, you know, what changed? And they said, well, it also needed back brakes, too. He said, yeah, but like you didn't say anything to me. And they're like, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, here's yeah, your that,
2: That's just, that's just right? bad business.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. But man, it happens all the time. It happens way more than any of us would like to admit. Scott, what do you do when somebody comes in and says, Hey, uh, I don't want you to check the car. What, what's your, what do you say to them?
2: We, we, I give the analogy when you go to the doctor, even, you know, you go there because you got an earache, you know, they're checking your heart, they're checking your eyes, all that. We do the same thing, though, the same standards. Because one, one, and very important thing is we could be addressing the your complaint, but uh, we we could fix the one thing that you think is the problem. But ultimately, the frame is rotted out and it's a piece of junk. Would you have put that money into it?
1: We're, exactly. we were we want to be their
2: advocate. Yeah. yeah, I had I actually had um, a incident a number of years ago, and they've been great great clients ever since. A uh, woman came down that great big hill right outside my shop and uh, barreled into the parking lot, had no brakes on her Toyota pickup. She asked if somebody could come out and take a look at it. I walked out there, and I saw a puddle dripping on the uh, on the ground, and I looked underneath. The brake line had rusted and broken right behind the cab. And I said, right. oh, I see the problem right here. The brake fluid's leaking. Uh, the line's broken. She goes, how much would that take to fix? I said, honestly, ma'am, I would love to fix that brake line for you, but I won't because the frame is broken. It's right. rusted and broken right behind the cab. She goes, no, it's not. And I said, yeah, look right here, how the cab is pushed up against the box right there. You can see, and I, I pointed out oh, where it rusted and failed. And she said, I just came from a shop the next town over. Uh, they just got done putting brake pads and shocks on it. Yep. And I looked, and sure enough, it's got four brand new yellow shocks on it and uh, brand new front brake pads. And it was obviously on a lift. I don't know how it didn't bust in half. but. Um, uh, you know, she was in tears, you know, she just, you know, spent all that money on something. She goes, had I known the frame was bad, I never would have done that stuff. I could have dude, put that many into something else. Dude, I, I, It I, could
1: have been just fine. And the fact that they lifted it. Well, it, it, it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so
2: part of our DVI, one of the things on our DVI, uh, because my technicians, you know, we're in the rust, rust belt up here. The, they said, we want to have a line for uh, structural integrity. Yeah. So yeah. we take pictures and, um, if there is something that is questionable, there's a picture of it and, uh, you know, measurements of, uh, you know, the, the if there's rust holes or holes in the floorboards and stuff like that, which we have a much better quality of, uh, of client, you know, nicer cars than we used to have. But, uh, that, that's one of those things we would see a ton of those, uh, rotted frames and stuff like that, where you can stick a screwdriver through them.
0: Oh yeah. I, I, yeah. I one of my, my attorney, as a matter of fact. I've told this story before, had his vehicle at another shop, right? And they, they did $3,200 worth of brake work to it. Uh, and this was before he, he was a client of ours and I was working with him, uh, as, as my attorney. And so, uh, he took it out of the the shop, drove away, paid them. And on the way home, uh, the clutch stopped working, right? It wouldn't disengage. So he had to kill it and Had it towed back out there and, and like three weeks later, they still hadn't said anything. Right. So he called and he's like, Hey man, you know, my truck's been sitting out there for a while. Would you be interested in taking a look and just tell me what's going on? I'm I'm getting a weird vibe. The fact that it's been there for three weeks and nobody said anything. I know they're busy, but it just seems odd, you know? And so he has it towed in and, and sure enough, we look at it, the frame, I can put my finger through in like multiple places. They, they've zip tied brake lines into the holders, right? Like they're not even, they're not even attached anymore because the holders have rusted off and there's spots where they've like zip tied the, the brake lines to the leaf springs in the back. And it's unbelievable how rusty this thing is. The clutch line has completely rusted off of it, blown away. I couldn't have picked it up and, and taken the transmission out of it and put a clutch in it without breaking the frame. There's no way that was going to happen. And he said, why wouldn't they have told me that? Like that—that that seems crazy. Why wouldn't they say something about that? And and to this day, I don't know, right? And I know these people; they're good people. They're not bad people, right? It's not like they did something maliciously.
2: Well, the other thing is, you got to remember, there's multiple le- levels of uh, business. You've got right. your your ownership. You've got your management. You've got your technicians, and it's a it could be a culture thing. It could be, you know, maybe that technician that worked on it he was so money hungry. He doesn't, he didn't want to lose a potential job. So he's just going to address that and ignore blinders to everything else just to, just to get that job. Uh, right. That might not be the company culture. It may not be the, the man, you know, management stance, any of that. But unfortunately it it falls on, you know, the, the, the QC <laughs> side of it. Uh, And it, it, it's, it, it's people and, they have, it's, maybe the business isn't motivated that way, but uh, maybe the technician was
0: right. And and the the you know it even can come down to competency, right? Ma- maybe it comes down to the technician saying, "Hey, well, they never told me I needed to do that. They never said that I should do this. What, do they want me to mention that? Uh, you know what I mean? Like it, you never know. And and this is a case where the owner works in the shop, right? So he had to know. He had but- to see it
2: you know, th- we had a conversation a few months back, uh, in the shop about good enough. There was a lot of, and there's probably still is quite a bit of it where people think that it's just, it's good enough. Um, right. Are, are you running the right oil in your, you know, your Euro car, your Volkswagen, you know, I, I, that was another one that came up. You know, I, I told a car recently that, uh, uh, they, uh, they're dumping regular mobile one in it and it's a, uh, it's a 2021 Volkswagen. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And I saw the quart of oil sitting on the seat, and I'm like, I asked about it. I'm like, I know that there was an oil consumption problem or something. You know, what's going on with it? And they're like, well, yeah, they're they're doing, you know, full synthetic oil changes. So we bought, a, you know, Mobile One to dump it in. I don't know if that's what the other shop is doing. But if they were, it's, well, it's full synthetic. It's good enough. You know, there's right. a lot of it's good enough in the industry. It's well, the, not the right fluid. Maybe, um, you know, zip tying the lines to the holders. It's good enough. Right. <laughs> well, you know, if you knew the number of times
0: that I had clients come in here, um, you know, we work on some Land Rovers. We work on some Mercedes Benz. We work on a little bit of everything. I know, right? It's terrible. <laughs> and and one of the things that I just cannot believe, and, and I hear it when we present that oil changer, we present that uh, maintenance service. And the service advisor says, you know, your oil change is going to be 252 200 you know, $300. And the client's like, what? I can't believe it's $200. I've been paying $99.95. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whoa. I don't want to change your oil anymore. <laughs> I really don't. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm what like, I'm not touching putting it. putting
1: in that vehicle for $200?
0: Well, hey, those new Land Rovers, they yep. have, I mean, do they are Land Rover Jaguar
1: specific
2: oil.
0: Yeah, uh, Dude, it's um,
2: Castrol Professional, whatever. It only yeah, needs Yeah, Lee. It's expensive. Yep, yeah, we just did one last week.
0: Yeah, Liqui has one, uh, Motul has one, and then you can get the Castrol, but you about have to buy it from the dealer, right? And and if if there's oh, somebody I listening, know oh, yeah, I know. Okay. If, if there's somebody listening and you know a uh, uh, easier way to to meet those specifications, I mean, I've only found two. Or, like if my oil change is two hundred and fifty dollars, it means I've only found one oil with that specification. I'm not putting just any oil in any car.
1: I just looked up the last BMW that we did, and it was yeah, it was about two hundred dollars, one hundred and seventy. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and so
0: you know, I mean, I just think that so many consumers um, and they were doing
1: ninety nine ninety five.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, and 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 you know, the shop didn't didn't alert them that there was a problem with that. And, I don't think and, they knew. Yeah, they probably didn't. And and most interestingly is that um I, I think we see a different part of our industry because I think we're seeing that blend of the shops that are doing poorly, the shops that are improving, and the shops that are doing things the right way. And what I'm learning about that is is that when you can see all three of those, we have a different perspective than a lot of people because of ASOG, right? And so when you can see all three of those, it's a bit of a pain point. And the consumer is being confused by these differing standards. Is this a product of improvement? Is this just a product of what it's going to have to be for us to get things
1: better? I mean, what are we going to do with this? I don't have an answer, man. I think we're screwed. I think we're 100% screwed every which way. Look
2: at social media. That that gives you the...
0: You well, know, I mean, it, the, the I, I'm what? saying in a whole,
2: not just in our industry, yeah. I'm just saying as a whole, there's, there's so much of uh, hey, uh, you know, find, find the information on YouTube. It could be wrong, but you know, you do that. Uh, you can buy, buy everything on Amazon. It might not be quite right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, uh,
0: you know, I've got this really good friend who uh, runs another shop here in town and, and he is as ethical as the day is long, man. He is good people. And they run very differently than we do. They don't do DVIs. They still do paper tickets. But I mean, it is a good, honest, ethical shop. I have no issue at all about recommending people to this shop. I don't think about it for a second. They do good work. I know they do good work. And, you know, sometimes I can tell there's a difference in his belief system and my belief system. Like he, wants, he he's not interested in presenting that other work. He'll look the car over, make sure it's safe, and he'll fix it and he'll get it out. So We see things from a very different perspective, but he's making sure his client's taken care of. Um, I don't see anything that he does as wrong, but when his client comes here, right, it can create division between me and him, and that sucks because he's a really good guy. He's an awesome human being, but it creates division because... His first thought has to be, well, I, I think Lucas is trying to rip these people off. I think Lucas is telling them about all these things. He doesn't hear the presentation, right? So like when a consumer comes to my shop, right? And I'm buying Scott a new mouse. His I can Well actually I, can, I was
2: I was looking up, I just found it here, the, the oil change on the Land Rover. That's what I was looking well, for.
0: I'm j I'm just saying, like I can hear I I was using Eric's mouse and his bay oh. earlier. And it, you can hear like the old plastic, right? Yeah. Where it's got all that extra clearance <laughs> in it, and it's like,
2: kunk, yeah. K-kunk. So I, I have a wireless one, and that one is it's silent, but it's really glitchy uh, all of a sudden, and I don't know what the deal is with it. So the, I have the wired one; it was just you sitting replaced there. The battery I got, in it, bro. I just put a brand new battery in it because okay, of well, that. Clean I, the bottom I, really I'm, well.
1: I, I hate wireless mice and, and keyboards. That's not a thing. Listen, but he's as got long as 45 David doesn't pound, go typing,
0: we're in good shape.
1: I, he's got forty-five pound meat paws, just slamming into those buttons. So you got to remember that crunch, yeah, crunch, clunk. You know, my uh, no, no, What?
2: What was? But the, here, uh, here's the thing:
1: the, the guy's a super nice guy, super awesome guy. But the problem is: is it possible that the industry has passed him by?
2: Yes, possible absolutely. that The industry I,
1: has gotten so sophisticated. He has not been able to keep up with it for whatever reason he thinks don't need to don't need to don't need to. One oh, I think one part of the industry. By.
0: I think one part, right? Because that he is the majority of what's around me. Right? And and we've all three had conversations about how like I sometimes I worry that I overdo it. Now my consumers, the people who come to me really like what I do here right and and they would not appreciate the service he offers there there's a client for both of us and and we work really well together because of that like i send him dude i probably send him 25 or 30 people a week every single week that are a better fit for him than they are us and i get people from them all the time that come over here and say hey he said i'd i'd probably be better here right and, and it's funny because it's like the clients that i think are going to be a headache for me i send to him and the clients he thinks are going to be a headache
1: for uh him he sends to me and yeah, so but he's not he's not sending you the headache client he's sending you the headache vehicle no he's not even doing that i'm just saying
0: the client that wants a different experience he looks like who he looks at as a hassle right just like i do right i look at that guy that's like man don't even look it over I, man i just i just look i want the cheapest thing just change that part right there for me Right. That's the kind of stuff he services. And that client is super happy with him, but would hate me. Whereas one of my clients would hate him and be super happy with me. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes sense, but I I don't know. It's in, in my mind, I don't know that there's room in the industry for folks like that to a certain degree because vehicles have just they've gotten to the point that it needs a little bit more.
0: I don't disagree with you, right? I don't disagree with you. And that's my thing is I think that the industry is changing. We're moving,
1: right? And, and a lot I of think them- the cars are moving. Yeah. The the, the the sophistication, the technology behind the vehicles is moving. And so these people are spending 30, 40, 50, $70,000 on these turds. They're absolute turds. They're junk, Right. But they're buying it, and there's perceived value in them. They have no idea that they're of very low quality (laughs) because they're jam-packing these vehicles with an immense amount of technology. Some of it works. Some of it doesn't. And it requires a certain level of maintenance, and it requires a certain level of uh, sophistication when the repair process starts. And they're still treating it like, oh, it's my 1994 Toyota Corolla right it's not well, a 94 uh-huh. corolla it it's not even a 2004 corolla hell it's not even a 14 corolla at this point right the damn thing parts itself and so they're coming into it like that and shops like what you're talking about reinforce that in the in the consumer's mind and i think it's a small it's a very small percentage of customers that realize That hey, this isn't just anything else. Like anything else, these are very fancy pieces of equipment.
0: There's very, very few of those cars that he works on, right? There's very few of those cars that even I work on, right? I work on a lot of fairly new stuff, right? I can't say anything, but but a lot of the stuff that other shops in town turn down ends up here.
1: It's not. They're not new though. They're
0: ten years old. Well, I understand. I'm saying that that he's working on eighties to. maybe mid two thousands, right? That that's
1: about as much as he gets all those vehicles got crushed during uh cash for cash cashers. for yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're gone. Not here. Not here. I, I don't that, know why. That's that's insane to me. That
0: they listen, and and they're all rotted out, right? Like but but you take a country boy with a nineteen seventy six uh K fifteen hundred or K whatever they were. It was a K ten K ten, K twenty, K thirty, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the fifteen hundred series and the the twenty five man, you, you ain't gonna get a country boy out of them. They love them old square
1: that, you know. body shows, yeah, no, boys. But, man, but the old are square awesome bodies, trucks. cool, that's fine. Yeah. But like if if they're pulling up in a like I said ninety four Corolla, they're pulling up on a ninety four Corolla. That thing needs to go to the junkyard, and even though it was a fantastic vehicle, and the only thing that would fail on them is the door handles. <laughs> there's there's a certain level of like just deterioration though, it's rusted out. And so look, we have we have a, a lady comes in a ninety nine Corolla and she's she's an older lady and she drives like fifty miles a year. And once a year she shows up and we look the car over and and she's it's it always floors her when she and we're like, hey, it needs two thousand dollars worth of work. And she's like, What do you mean? I've only driven fifty miles. It's like, well yeah, okay, but the brakes are all destroyed now. Uh it's leaking from everywhere because you don't start the car and run it. Uh, and everything's deteriorated underneath. And by the way, it's rusting away. You need to get rid of this car. I don't want to get anything new. I, I, I get it. Like I, those cars I, shouldn't be on the road any longer, I, unfortunately.
0: I, here's the thing is, is how much of this goes back to a client for you and a client for me, right? Like qualifying the client. What, what is it that is your expectation? And do I sell what you're looking for? Right? So, like, if, if I want a cheeseburger. No, 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 I- no, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. Let me put it like this. That vehicle requires this type of oil. Okay? Uh, new Toyotas. They, they take 0, 16 with a specific rating. Right? And you want to make sure that that oil filter matches the quality of the oil that's going in the car, like it's correct to the car. You don't want to just grab some cheap oil filter off the shelf that fits something that's 20 years older, right? And yeah, it's the correct number, maybe until there's a TSB five years down the road and they're like, Hey, uh, we told you, you use this oil filter, but turns out it was blowing up engines. Sorry. So you want to correct. You want to grab the correct oil filter. That shouldn't be up for debate. The of fact that the not. guy comes in uh, with, but, with but whatever – hold, hold on, hold on. The, the guy comes in with whatever sitting on the, on the seat, and he's like, hey, I grabbed this oil and this frame filter from Walmart. Can you, do, can you do this oil change? This shouldn't be up for debate. Now, I have a certain personality. You have a certain personality. I interact with my customers as little as possible. You have a whole thing, right? And there's a lot of shops that have a whole presentation and they sit down with the customers, the whole thing, right? I don't do that at my shop. It's a very hands-off approach, okay? And so some customers appreciate that. Most of our customers appreciate that. They have very few conversations with us because we try to put everything black and white, in the RO for them to look and see and read for themselves. And occasionally there's clarification needed and they'll call. But other than that, there's very few, there's very little interaction. They may not want that. They want, maybe they want handholding. And if they want handholding, they go down the street to you to get a different experience in the interaction. I like the personality of Shannon. That's your service advisor's name, right? Yeah, I can't. I, yep. Okay, see, I ah, see, I'm terrible with Tubby. names. I got that
0: one. We call him Tubby. Oh, really?
1: So they 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 like the Shannon's personality. They like the interaction with Shannon, or they come to me because they like Juan. They like the interaction with Juan. It's two different personalities uh, and personalities and styles of interacting with a customer. That should be: Do I offer what you're looking for or not? In that sense, not hey. I'm going to put whatever oil you want me to put in there because it's your car. And therefore, like, no, 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 Of course. That shouldn't be and up I, for debate. I,
0: I, I'm th- but see, that's what I'm getting at, right? Is So in my shop, I have a set of standards, and we follow those standards. Years ago, I would move those standards based on what the client wanted. I'd let them set the standard in the shop. And I was always miserable. Things were always going wrong. They were always mad at me for something that I had done, right? Like, I've, I've been there. Or didn't so, do, even
2: though they didn't want you to do it at that time.
0: Exactly. And so when a client calls, right, I I go over the entire process with them. You know, Mr. Client, uh, what we're going to ask you to do is approve us for a level one testing routine. That level one testing routine will run up to $150. We would ask that you bring it in and drop it off that day. In most cases, I'm able to determine the cause or causes, about 95% of them actually, of your concern or Causes of your concern, and Mr. Client, uh, while we're doing that, we're going to look the vehicle over and make sure there's no safety or reliability concerns. In some cases, we will even ask them, "Hey, uh, would you like us to make you aware of any safety or reliability concerns?" And if they say no, I'm already thinking, huh? Right? Is this the right? Is this the right relationship? As I go through my process, I explain all of this. I will explain the DVI. Hey, we are going to do a 108-point check of your automobile. You're going to see pictures, videos, notes. It'll be like you're in the bay with the technician. And from that, I will make estimates for each and everything that is yellow or red. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand. That does not mean you need to do all of those things right now. This is our way of helping you understand what the future of your life with this automobile looks like. Even maintenance services will be recommended because we want to make sure we reduce cost of ownership, improve efficiency, the whole nine yards. Right now, if that consumer at that point in time saying, oh, man, I don't really want to do all that. I'm saying, but that's what I offer right now. I do it politely. But it is giving me the opportunity to talk to the consumer and say, hey, you know, you want to bring your own part. You want to specify what oil we put in. And you're not talking about like a high end engine oil. You're talking about a, uh, you know, a cheap oil and a cheap filter.
1: And Amazon you know,
0: basics. Right. Exactly. I don't know if you
1: saw whoa, this. But whoa, 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 whoa. Now, if I hang, were to hang buy it from me. Amazon, hang on, hang, sorry.
0: Hang on. You're interrupting me. I've got to finish this or I'm going to forget it. I don't know if you saw this, but. The Amazon oil tested on multiple different levels, new and after use, higher than about 95% of brand name oils. The quality tested substantially Mm -hmm. higher.
2: You know, what I I, I was thinking of, uh, Dollar General, they were the ones that got their... Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, there's <laughs> it was like
0: ten- bar and lube, the whole nine yeah. yards. And it was, in one it was the,
2: all they all they carried was ten thirty. Yeah, on the shelf. Yeah. there's nothing else. It's all yeah. ten thirty. And they put,
0: I, if you remember, they, they got in trouble because they put like a stamp on the back of it that looked like the, the API the stamp. A- yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like just some <laughs> random stamp
2: that they came up with. USDA choice <laughs> cut <it>. steak. <laughs> that's
0: it. Ooh, this is choice right here. <laughs> now, David, what were you going to say, hun?
1: Well, that's all I was going to say is that the, the Amazon Basic stuff, like, legit. Yeah, I I was I was was, was was thinking of the 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 quality of it. Yeah.
0: But but you know, I I guess what I'm getting at in all of this is it gives me an opportunity to understand if that consumer is interested in the product I offer. Right. And and when I go and I say, Hey, I want a double cheeseburger, you know me. I like to go to a nice restaurant and eat, but I also like a double cheeseburger. that is my decision to make. Right? If I want to go to McDonald's That's my decision. If I want to go to a high end Hall's chocolate, I I don't
1: hold on. I don't like that analogy. I think it's a bad analogy. The problem is, you're walking in expecting beef from both places. There's a minimum standard there that I am going to get a dead cow that's been ground up and then seared and then thrown on some bread, and that's what you're going to feed me. It would be a problem. If the, you walked in thinking that you're going to get hamburger, because that's what it says on the menu, but it turns out they're grinding raccoon in the back. And that's what you're getting. And they're raccoon like, well, I actual, understand.
0: listen Raccoon is a very tender kind of squishy meat. It's pretty good.
1: Yeah. It's a garbage. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, hold on now. You're feeding me what? Uh, it's raccoon. Well, I thought I was getting a hamburger. Well, yeah, but it's it's made out of raccoon meat. It's like, no, no, I wanted, well, you didn't ask. And and right. so that's all I'm I, saying is that they're, they're walking into these places and they're like, I need an oil change for my Land Rover. It's like, okay, we did an oil change, but it's not the correct oil. It's not the correct oil filter. Right. It's but not if, to the spec that, that consumer, the engineers demanded.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you 110%. The but consumer's walking consumes, in, assuming cow meat. Listen, my point is, if that consumer is walking into my shop and 100 percent unwilling to accept that as my service, it is not my responsibility to argue with them to get them to buy that service. I can educate them. I can provide them all the details and information they want. But if they are still unwilling to listen to me, if they do not trust me, my shop's not the place for them. I'm not doing I'm not doing anybody a service by allowing them to stay
1: if if they think they know better
0: right that's what I'm trying I agree to with say. if
1: they if they walk in absolutely if they walk into my shop and they're like I know better and you're like oh, hold on now how often do you do this I the the one question that absolutely drives me up a wall that seems expensive I'm sorry how many how many jobs do you quote out a day I can tell <laughs> you I do hundreds a day a day I do hundreds. How many do you do? Oh, I don't do any. So, how the hell do you know what should be expensive and what isn't? That is the stupidest
2: I had a, I got comment a, ever. A guy, I had a guy 10 years ago who wanted a coolant flush on his GM, but he wanted me to put straight Dex Cool back in it because Dex Cool was prone to leaking. So, if we didn't mix it with water, it wouldn't leak as easily because it wasn't watered down. And I. Is that
1: well, what I, the guy I, said?
2: Yes, that was his. That was his his thought process. And I explained to him how it actually antifreeze doesn't work unless it's mixed with water. explain all the science behind it, he didn't want to hear it. He know he knows better than everybody else. That's what he wanted. And I said, "I'm sorry, but that isn't going to happen here. You you can have good luck yeah, finding somebody that will do that, but that isn't going to happen here."
1: Yeah, some people are just irrational. That's an irrational person, but yeah. you'd be surprised how often you know we we do get the "I know better." Mm-hmm. And it, it's not even that, it's the, uh, I, I talked to dad, dad told oh, yeah. me I don't need X, Y, Z. Yeah. Cause it's he's like, using okay. 1970s experiences yeah, like, on a hey, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, dad, dad doesn't work on, on 2020s, dear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad's working on his, on worked on his 78 Chevelle and that was it. Uh, he hasn't worked on anything since then. He doesn't know what yeah. he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And you try to say that as nicely as you can, but I don't know. Sometimes you can't.
2: Uh, we had a similar one. A woman came in. She wanted just a basic oil change, and it was on something that required a, a 020 or whatever it was, and you know, full, full synthetic. And she insisted she just wanted a five thirty synthetic blend, whatever. That's all she wanted. I said, your vehicle doesn't doesn't take that. Well, that's all I want. And uh, she went round and round, insisting that that's all she'd ever done is paid for, um, you know, a a thirty five or forty dollar oil change as long as she's owned the car. She insisted on that. And uh, so I ended up pulling the Carfax report and I found that there was, she always has been paying, you're going to the dealer or whatever. She was paying for the the correct oil and filter. Well, what I ended up uh, surmising from it is there was probably a mechanical issue with that engine and she was hoping to get a cheap oil change and then throw it back in my face and say, Hey, my engine, this failed because you didn't put the right oil in it. Uh, Because there was a series of visits to a couple of shops for diagnostic uh, you know it says diagnostic and testing or whatever it didn't say what the problem was on the carfax report but it said that she'd been to a couple of shops so i'm figuring she had you know a vv you know vvt issues or something like that and well what could cause that well you know if you didn't use the right oil or whatever and she had a light bulb moment that i'm going to throw this guy under the bus
1: yeah well yeah. I, i'd do the same to you yeah i, I have <laughs> a i have a technician who worked at honda and they were they were pushing out really cheap oil changes, something like twenty-two ninety-nine or whatever for an oil change. Mm-hmm. And I asked I asked the technician, my technician worked for me, and I'm like, how is Honda selling because I think it was zero twenty, they had just introduced zero twenty or something like that. I can't remember, but it was really expensive to use the correct oil for this car. And I said, how are they doing 2299 oil changers? And he's like, oh, they're not putting the correct oil in that. You have to ask for the correct oil. Otherwise, they're going to throw bulk whatever's in the back. And I go, really? On the on brand new vehicles? <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. 2299, 2299. Like, you're getting whatever. And I'm like, that's nuts. That's insane to me. <laughs> Did we solve your DVI issue, Lucas?
0: I guess. I mean, I... I... I think the reality at the end of the day is, is that we have varying standards. We have varying degrees of quality. We have clients who uh, – some clients have unrealistic expectations, but the majority of clients are being led by whatever shops in front of them at any given time. And because of these lack of standards or because of this lack of standards – um, I, I am having a really hard time seeing how we transition into the auto repair industry of the future. Does that make if, sense? In other words, how, yeah, where are we, how do we get from where we are right now to where we need to be? Is it possible? I think if
1: most shops adopted a DVI, that would help. But, but there again, if there's no standards to the DVIs, I, I understand, but the there's, it's difficult it's difficult to to take a picture or shoot a video right of right. a ball joint or whatever yeah and it, not either have it be good or bad or whatever see what I'm saying like yeah, what, once mean. there's there's empirical data there there's, there's a picture of that leaking gasket now we can argue you and I can argue in saying that's a seep that's a leak there has to be a drip where's the drip this that and the other. You and I could argue that to a point, but we've moved the conversation past, oh, it's fine. Right, yeah, exactly. Or it doesn't need it. Yeah, there's there's something something going on on there. Let's have this conversation and we'll hash that out. Uh, You took pictures from this angle. I took pictures from another angle. From this angle, it looks like it's a seep. From that angle, it looks like a drip. Okay, we'll meet in the middle, whatever. But at least the conversation is being had. I think at this point, without DVI, they're quote unquote, looking the vehicle over and walking away going, it needs brakes and ball joints because that technician or that shop specializes in brakes and ball joints. And so that's the only thing the vehicle needs. Right. We ignore well, everything else.
0: Well, so here's the thing is, is I guess the reason I find challenge in this and I find this so frustrating, right? Let's think about this for a minute is when I. I look at the mastermind Scott's had some experience in the mastermind recently uh you know when when me and you and and the guys first started the mastermind and we were doing our thing it it was primarily shops that were fairly established would you agree
1: like old school mastermind like back in the day yeah
0: right when we first started right yeah and so when Scott came into the mastermind group it's helping younger shops who are in bad shape, right? Scott, is that a fair statement? Um you know, St-
2: not necessarily because we do have some. We, he we says he means yes.
1: He, no, he means no, yes. Yeah. No. I, your I, point, I, I would
2: I would argue that I, we have we have some shops that are very are very well uh many years of business.
0: Right. I, I guess what I'm saying is is they're they're new on this journey of improvement. They're new on this in other words, like when the mastermind started, it was a group of people who like where we needed help was mastering the process, right?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Oftentimes what we see in one-on-one or the one-on-one group and what we see in the the mastermind one group for yeah. ASOG are shops that don't have the process yet. Oh, yes, that, yes. They're in the very early stages of finding themselves, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And my point in saying that is, is the number of shops who come in to the mastermind group and they are really hardcore, not willing to implement that.
2: Oh, that that that's been uh, that's been a challenge. We we've actually kind of had a little bit of a revolving door lately.
0: Right. Uh, exactly. And and so now I also recognize that in that mastermind, we have to be much more aggressive about saying, "Listen, you're not going to sit around here and hang out. Right? Mm-hmm. You're going to participate. You're going to be active. You're going to do what we say." Right, mm-hmm. like
2: I don't mean that like that. You're well, gonna, yeah. you they're gonna fo- they're gonna follow the direction and, and, and stick to the core, right.
0: Uh, Otherwise, you're wasting everybody's time. Fo- follow it. the plan, yeah. right? And so, I guess where I'm going with that is, is like while in coaching, there were times that I didn't agree with the information. I didn't like the information I was getting. I was holding off implementing it, mm-hmm. but I was doing other things and I was taking steps. Mm-hmm. And so, the number of shops that are just saying like, Hey, I'm not doing that. The number of shops that will post when you say something about a DVI and say, Oh, you're ripping people off. The number of shops that will post and say, I can't charge that.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? That worries me that we've got a long freaking way to go Yep. Um, to get ourselves squared up here.
2: Yeah. I, honestly, I, I, I hate to say it, but I think there's just, there's going to have to be some major attrition where yeah. those that are, those that can will, and those that can't will be gone.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Mechanic Alliance group, I hate to pick on them. There, there's a lot of really good people in there. But but there is one guy who, if you say something about raising your prices, he will absolutely rip you apart saying, you're ripping clients off. You shouldn't charge that much. And then a few weeks later, he's saying, you ought to pay them 50% of your labor. You need to pay your tax more. <laughs> you. You, yeah. you've never paid tax, have you? Yeah. you don't no. understand about mm-hmm. uh, FUDA and
2: what what are they? There's like fooda, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There, well, dude. The, plus all the other things that you 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 any other benefits and all that yeah, stuff that the that invisible goes that.
0: paycheck, as Carm said one time. Yeah. I mean, the amount of stuff that that goes into that. If you paid them fifty percent, you wouldn't have any money left. So if they want more money. Right. Like if they want to earn more money and this dude's like, well, I, I can work on the side for free or, or for, you know, a hundred dollars mm-hmm. an hour and make all this money I can yeah. do so great. Well, dude, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're complaining about life as a technician. Mm-hmm. You're complaining about the fact that you're not being taken care of and you don't have benefits. You're complaining that the shop is charging too much. You're complaining that they're recommending things. Mm-hmm. For God's sakes, would you make up
2: your mind? Yeah, well, that's that's the kind of point that I we've run into is, um, you know, many of these were techs. They got fed up working at the dealer or working at for somebody else. They saw the money go, coming in, and they were only getting a small piece of the pie. And they thought, they, you know, parts were too high and labor rates were too high for what they were getting. Then what they, you know, I'm the best guy in the shop. I'm the best guy in the county. They come from five counties around to have have me diag their, you know, have their issues and then these guys will go out and they open their own place and they're doing you know uh 50 die eggs or half hour die eggs and throwing it in uh, if they do the repair and all that shit and it's like well come on guys you just were complaining that you weren't making enough money and now you're living on a shoestring budget because you're giving it all away because you think that people won't pay for it you know they were paying 150 dollars an hour at the dealer you were at and now you're charging 75 an hour and you think that people won't pay for that
0: I, I love this argument from all these people. They're like, we're so busy. You couldn't, we couldn't get another, we're three weeks out.
1: Um, okay. You're probably yeah. not charging enough. Exactly. It's always exactly. They're not charging enough. It's always, they're not charging enough.
0: Right. And, and, you know, I, I, I've heard a lot of people argue that and say, well, how is that true? I, I'm, I'm doing just fine. I'm making money. Look, I, anybody can say they make money. I, mm-hmm. That's the thing about Facebook. Oh, I, I, my bank account's growing. Yeah, show me a percentage, right? Show me a net percentage. Oh, I don't. I I can't show net. I can't. what, what was it? Lucky said in that in that uh video, David. My accountant told me I want to keep that number as close to zero as possible. Yeah, but I, oh. I completely
1: agree with him on that. I completely <laughs> agree with him on that. And if you're growing your bank account, you're growing your reserves and and you're keeping your your profit percentage number or whatever really low. It's whatever. I I however am going to ask are you properly insured? Yeah. Are you keeping yep. up with training? Are you keeping up with your equipment costs? Are you adding technology that you need to add into the shop? Are you ensuring your staff is properly paid? Are you ensuring a future for your staff?
2: I'd like to add: Are you, you paying? S- are you paying your taxes?
1: That's L- that's no, that no, Scott, no, no, Scott. No, I, I know how much you hate that. I know, I know that you need to, as a politician, make no, sure they're no, paying no, their no. taxes because yeah. it just comes right back to you. But I'm saying, I'm saying, are the taxes eventually paid? Yes. Okay, then we're good. Okay. But yes. <laughs> but, but wouldn't you? On wouldn't my you time hate? frame. My time frame. <laughs> I'm, I just want
0: to. I just want to be completely clear that I think that David just called you a scummy politician.
2: It wouldn't be the first time, but you know, everyone's Look, entitled to their opinion, as wrong as it is.
1: Um, <laughs> the uh, I think I think to say scummy and politician is redundant. It's, yeah, it's redundant. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he he is a politician. He can't argue with that. So you can mean, take I'm that as he will. A local level elected official. But it's, I'm sorry, like you're if you're looking at the at the your if you're looking at your staff. And, and there are opportunities there in development, in pay, in retirement, and and you're not providing that as an employer. And all you're saying is, I'm putting money in the bank, I'm putting money in the bank. Meanwhile, you're paying your guy 1750 an hour. And he may be happy with it, but he doesn't know. He's 24. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He has no concept. Of what this is gonna look like when I'm fifty, my body's broken, and I haven't done anything to ensure that I've got a future at fifty that doesn't involve me eating dog food for dinner.
2: Dog food's expensive. Have you bought that lately? Yeah,
1: I
0: listen, I, I tell you, at least the dog food that ra- keeps me from having really me-
1: I'm talking <laughs> Dollar General. Bottom shelf dog. Food. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. You don't. You don't feed. You don't feed your
0: dogs that dog food. They get the nastiest farts if
1: you do that. I know, well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if you haven't ensured that that person who's entrusted you as the business owner, if you haven't done anything to ensure their future, you're doing them a disservice, and all you're doing is bragging about the money you're putting in the bank account. You, you see what you I'm saying? And then you uh, can't you figure out say, why you can't keep people. That's an issue too. That that goes hand in hand with yeah. it. But that's my point. Is like, yeah, okay, great. You're, I'm doing really well. I, you know, I just bought this Tesla. It's like, okay, great, you bought this Tesla. Meanwhile, your staff doesn't have a retirement plan. What are you doing about that? Well, that yeah, I pay them enough. They should be able to take care of it. This, that, and the other. Really, you think so? How much education have they? They they didn't go to college, right? And even if they went to college, hell, they don't teach this stuff in school. Mm-hmm. So who's yeah, who's yeah, doing yeah, yeah. who's doing them the disservice? You're doing them a disservice and you can and you could brag about the money you're putting in the bank account, all you want, but there are shortcomings within your business. There are shortcomings within your expense line. You're not paying rent because, you know, oh, I own the land or this, that, and the other, whatever. It's my grandfather's, that, that, this, that, and the other. You're that person's paying the taxes on the land, the five or six thousand dollars in taxes that are being billed out. And you don't pay any rent on it. That's why you're making money on the bottom line. You're not carrying any insurance. That's why you're making money on the bottom line. You see what I'm saying? Or you're, you've you got your guys I, on 1099. That's why you're making money on oh, the bottom yeah. line. Like I don't even so, know. I'll
0: be honest with you. I, I Those people who are doing that, they, they don't even know what the bottom line is. Right?
1: Well, so that's, that's what that I'm saying, author- though. They're looking at the bank account. And they're saying, my bank account's growing. I'm doing pretty well for myself. I live in a nice house. I drive a nice car, and my bank account's growing. It's like, dude, I guarantee you, if we go blow for blow on the expense line, you are missing a lot of things. So are you really making money? Well, no. You're shortchanging something within the shop, the liability of the shop, the, the protection against liability in the shop is being shortchanged. You're shortchanging your staff's future. You are stealing service information yep. F the amenities. I think that's a whole, that's a whole load of BS. The, no, oh, I got, look at my showroom. It's, it's, I've got, I parked the car inside. There's a waterfall in the background. You know, you can buy my t-shirts. I think all of that is BS. I don't care about that. I'm saying blow for blow. Are you paying for service information? I was talking about Are
0: loaner you, cars. I was talking yeah. about you know
2: fine loaner cars. even front. if
1: they if you don't have loaner cars it's whatever like loaner cars is kind of a perk right you can run a nice shop and not have any loaner look at Dutch's shop he doesn't have loaner cars but he and to. he has a beautiful showroom right but I guarantee you if you go blow for, blow for blow in a shop that doesn't have loaners that has a nice front you know front area you go for blow for blow on the expense line. You're gonna realize that, oh crap, I'm really not making money if I all of a sudden yeah. had to pay yeah. for what he pays for. Because I guarantee you he's paying for service information. The correct service information, he's not stealing it, right? He's not he's not going online and asking for questions, he's not googling problems. How many shops are doing that to get around having to pay for service information? How many shops okay. are rolling on one scan tool that they're making a hundred dollar a week payments to the to the snap-on guy? And if that scan tool doesn't do it, they can't do it. It's got to go. What do they say? Oh, that's dealer only. So is it but, dealer only, or do you just are you just woefully under equipped? So what's the solution? What What do we do? I I I bitch. I don't come up with solutions. I don't know. Here here's here's something that set me off. This and um, you guys tell me. We 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 won't go much longer. But you guys tell me on this here shop owner is pissed off at his tech that there's a five hour job on the ticket. Oh, 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 and he takes takes five (laughs) hours to do it to the point where the guy is like, he's we we call it heat cycling, right? My technician will sit on a stool and quote unquote heat cycle the vehicle because that's a five hour job. He finished it in an hour in four hours. He's going to fiddle fart around for five hours until the vehicle pulls out the door. Now that shop owner is pissed at that technician and the comments, the comments on that thread show you the mentality of the shop at the everyday average shop owner. Even, even shop owners that are successful, that are smart, sophisticated shop owners still treat the technician like a grease monkey. Yep. I saw because that. I guarantee you, you walk into a white-collar, only coll- college-educated staff, white-collar job, only college-educated staff, they are finishing projects, they're paid salary, maybe there's a performance bonus at the end of the year, maybe there is, maybe there isn't, doesn't matter. They are all paid salary, okay, and they have to finish projects. Is it on budget? Is it on time? And is it to the quality expected? That's it. That's all that matters. Those people are considered to have sophisticated jobs. Technicians are grease monkeys. Because I give you a five-hour job, I expect you to finish it in four so I can pull in one more extra vehicle. And you sure, you only worked five hours, but I'm going to pay you for eight. And that's how you make money. No. No. Total BS. I don't care that he's sitting on his stool. How the many hours asked. how many hours was that built for and what did I account for within my shop? If that's an 8-hour job and he finishes it in 6, he can do whatever he wants to do. At my shop, hours. I'm just telling you, I'm it will drive. It drives my other technicians crazy sometimes. Because they're looking at each other and they're like, oh, he's not doing anything. One technician's out smoking. The other technician's sitting on a stool watching YouTube videos. One's talking to his wife because he has to call her every 15 minutes. And they're all looking at each other going, and all I care about is, did you finish it on time, within budget, and to the expected quality? And then that's it. And the reason why I have adopted that is because that's the expected standard and that's what is expected of college-educated, white-collar workers at any corporation in the entirety of the world. There um, there is no... The way we treat our technicians, the way the average shop owner, flat rate, salary, whatever, what it doesn't matter, they look at them as grease monkeys and they can say all they want. They can say that, oh, look, I started up this training program uh, look how sophisticated it is. I'm going to pay my technicians to go to training during the week. And I've got this huge facility. I'm bringing in the best trainers in the world and this, that, and the other. That's fantastic. You're doing an awesome job. But at the end of the day, if you see that technician sitting on his ass watching YouTube videos, because they finished that six hour job in three, you're going to be pissed off at that technician. Hey, you could have done 60 hours this week and you only build me 45 because you sat on your ass for a lot of it. What's going on? Yeah, I made you 45 hours. What's wrong with that? You could have done 60. We have the work here. Yeah, but I don't want to do 60 hours. I want to do 45. Can you imagine? What would happen to that technician? Oh Well, a lot of them would be fired, right? They'd be gone. Oh, you need to get them out of your shop. You need to get them out of your shop. The wrong mentality, the wrong attitude. No. B.S bs well, I, I mean look that that's why
0: you look at the way i set mine up right and our lunch sit back hang out if you need to take a break take a break it's no big deal do what you want to do get the work done right now we work eight hour days they're paid for eight hours every single day right there's no ifs ands or buts about that we're gonna work the eight hour days i will yell at them for staying late i will yell at them if they're like trying to work weekends i that, that's not the purpose of this. You've heard me say a million times, the purpose of an auto repair business is not to fix every single car. But you're taking a to-
1: factory time punch in, punch out mentality to the, you're still, it's still being viewed as blue collar. It's still, it's like, Hey, put your eight hours in dude. And you can bounce. I'm not saying that you're, I think you're, you're misunderstanding what I'm telling you. I'm saying that that vehicle is project a, that project has accounted for in it, whatever, eight hours of work. Because right. that's that's our best estimate is that it's going to take an eight-hour job. Our project end date is Tuesday because that's what we've promised to the customer. The budget is what's on your RO. That parts list is your budget. So if you come to me and he needs an extra gasket, it needs an extra bolt, it needs this, that, and the other, we're now out of budget. I have a budgeted a certain amount of dollar amount in time to go into that. What happens after that happens. If you come to me and you bring it to me early because you decided to come and work over the weekend, great, awesome. I'm good, super excited. Let's do this. But if you don't, you don't, because I'm not taking that into I'm not expecting you to exceed what I'm expecting from you, to exceed my standards and say, I need you to work this weekend. I need you to finish this five hour job in four or in three because you're quote unquote capable of it. I don't care. I know that that five-hour job needs to be done in this expected amount of time and within budget. And you come to me on time, it's cool. Look, if you sat for two hours and picked your nose watching YouTube videos and that's what you did, did the car finish on time and on budget? Yes. Then we're good. We're good. That mentality, that mindset, I'm sorry, if we don't start adopting that, I don't want to hear, and and that's cool. If you don't want to do it that way, that's cool. This is just what we do at our shop. I'm obsessed over it and I may be like out on an island by myself. I'm just telling you that that's You're what I've adopted uh, d- at, at my shop. It's not a factory. It's not, we're putting our eight hours. No, these are projects coming in. We have, a we have taken them on and we are proposing a, a budget to our customers. We're saying, Hey, we're going to finish this project for you. This is what it's going to cost. And we think I- we can finish it by this. And then they're saying, yes, go ahead. And then we're starting on the project. I'm, the reason why I'm obsessing over this is because I think that's what the future needs to be. But if you don't want to I, do that, that's cool. I'm fine I, with it, but don't he, say, here's the catch. Don't say, we need to start treating our, our technicians like professionals. No. I'm treating my technician like a, a professional. You're treating them like a glorified grease monkey. A well-paid grease monkey, but a grease monkey nonetheless.
0: I, I here Here's the thing. You assume... That's what the technician wants to do. Now your technicians, I know them bad boys. Yeah, that's what they want to do. Um, but my technicians, I dude, I'm telling you, I, I I'm the same way. If I had an hour to sit and do nothing, I would lose my effing mind. I would go crazy. Like I am not that person. I don't know about you, Palava, but I just I I need to be doing something.
1: You're the business owner.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm I always text. doing something. That's, right. that David's complaining that he can't ever uh, get in touch with me because what am I? I'm at a meeting. <laughs> right. <always> exactly. <laughs>
0: listen. Listen. I don't need to know about those meetings. What you do know in <laughs> <the> personal time <laughs> is your business. Okay. You know, but, but David,
2: you said that you know treat them like professional. The term professional. That that's that's a very wide term too because you're talking an off you know a certain office professional. I I view it as uh, uh, I pay my my. People a very good livable wage. Uh, I, I use the comparison to a plumber. If a plumber shows up to work at uh, seven o'clock in the morning and he's got to drive forty-five minutes from the shop to get to the job, he got paid for that forty-five minutes. That was zero production time. Now he's on the job and he's you know doing a rough in, running pipe, sweating joints, whatever he's doing. He'll work until coffee break. He gets his paid fifteen-minute coffee break. Works again till lunch. Has this half-hour lunch, you know, another afternoon coffee break, whatever. Drives back forty-five minutes back to the shop. He got paid for two coffee breaks and the and the and uh, the uh, the drive time. Why why is it as an auto repair technician that they are not compensated for non-productive time? Right. You know yeah. that's that's my issue. That's why I pay them a very good livable wage, and then there is an incentive for them to do more. But if they don't do more, we're, 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 we're still breaking, you know, or we're still making money, but they want more. So they don't have to work overtime, but they make more money just by pushing a little bit harder. And that That's their choice. Um, so I, I think, you know, the term professional, you're think you're, you're talking about, you know, that side, but I, I think because so many people are so many of, People don't want to be in the trades at all, and then if they are in the trades, they're doing uh, they're doing other things—electricians, plumbers, uh, that sort of thing. Because if you can get paid forty dollars an hour to be a plumber, why do you want to be a technician for seventeen an hour? And then you might make thirty-five an hour on flat rate. And if there's no work, you're still only making seventeen. I wouldn't want to do that. So that's why we, we lose. So I'm, many
1: I'm just telling you trades. that. Mm-mm. Yes, but I think it's way past that. It's way past that. You ask somebody, hey, what do you do for a living? And they tell you, I'm a zoologist. My my technicians make what a zoologist makes. The average zoologist makes what my technicians make. Hey, I'm a research market research analyst. My technicians make what the average market research analyst makes. I guarantee you, that they walk up to the same person and somebody says, I'm a market research analyst. They look at that person in a better light than I'm a mechanic. They assume the mechanic doesn't make crap. Mm -hmm. We, we walked into, um, I was, we were looking at schools for my daughter, uh, because we needed to move her into a, into a school, um, past where she was going. And we were, we were visiting different schools and the, the lady that was walking around with us, showing us a school said, she, she was just making small talk. And she asked us, oh, what do you do? Oh, I work. My wife told her, Hey, I work at this bank and uh, you know, I, I'm a manager of a manager. And now she's a, a VP or something or another. And they look at me and I'm like, oh, I own a shop, this, that, and the other. They're like, oh yeah. And she, I don't know how it came up, but they asked like, what, what are your mechanics making? And I told her. And her eyes went wide and she goes, they make that much? And yeah, yeah, they make that much. (laughs) Why wouldn't they make that much? Right. And, and she's like, oh, that, that's more than my husband makes. I need to tell him he needs to go work on cars. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but like the, the, the title of automotive technician doesn't carry the prestige in our society and what's contributing to that and even even if we we have the cleanest facilities and they're they're beautiful they're well lit and they have sophisticated equipment and this that and the other it is so ingrained in us to have that mentality to treat them like cre- grease monkeys in the way that we approach them in how they do their jobs on a daily basis if we don't start moving that mindset to what a market research analyst would be treated. You see what I'm saying? If they're not treated the same way, we're never going to move past this and we're never going to move that that job into a better light within society, the light that it deserves to be because of the level of sophistication technology on vehicles and the level of knowledge and expertise these guys need to have, these guys and gals need to have to do their job effectively. We're never going to move into that, ever. Why? Because we're pissed off that we gave them a five hour job and they did it in four and then stood around for an hour.
0: Well, i I think it's the mentality, right? The core mentality of that is, is where I'm coming from with that is that, that that mentality. And now that listen, that's a good owner, right? Like I know them, they're not bad owners by I'm not, any, means.
1: I'm not saying that I'm saying that the, I'm not saying that's it's good, bad. It. Okay. Or maybe I am saying it's bad, but I'm not calling them bad people or bad owners. It's what everybody has done ever. And I'm just saying it needs to change.
0: I don't disagree with you.
1: I don't disagree with you. How are we going to change it? Listen, I already told you, I don't have solutions. I just bitch.
0: You're pretty good at bitching.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.